When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, welcome into Purple Daily. We're going to talk to Daniel Jeremiah on this episode from NFL Network. Move the sticks on Twitter because he thinks Dalvin Cook can be an MVP candidate. Speaking of MVP candidates, Federated can be an MVP candidate for your business. If you're a local business owner here in the Twin Cities, this has been one of the craziest three-month stretches any of us can ever remember. It really helps to have the frontline protection, the safety net of Federated Insurance helping you along the way. Their success is measured by the success of their clients, and so they are great partners during these pandemic times. When you need Federated, they are here to help at federatedinsurance.com or by calling your local marketing representative, to access trusted resources you may need. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. You like that? You like that? Football. All right, welcome into Purple Daily. Mackie, Judd, Declan producing. You can find daily Vikings videos from us on youtube.com slash score north and also on the Purple Daily podcast feed. Thank you all for subscribing and for giving us five-star ratings and positive reviews. Our guest today, Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network. You can also follow him on Twitter, at Move the Sticks, and you can listen to his Move the Sticks podcast with Bucky Brooks. This is a guy, I think, Daniel, you were, I feel like you were one of the first prominent when Twitter popped up, like 2008-9. I feel like you you staked your claim and, and have been doing a great job digitally and now for NFL Network, and so we've always appreciated your work and following you. Thanks for joining us. I appreciate that. I, I think I started like in 2010, 2000. Yeah, I think it was around there, 2009, 2010. And the uh, um, Twitter was brand new. Like I was the, I was the uh, <laughs> kind of the, the, the first one that was like talking about scouting on, on Twitter. And I remember thinking like, this is the dumbest thing in the world. I don't know what this Twitter thing is. Nobody's going to care about this. Uh, and then it kind of grew. And then I ended up, I, I got, I think I built it up to like, uh, in 18 months, I think I built it up to like 50,000 followers, wow. which, is, which, which I think if you do the conversion, it's like 50 billion followers now at, yeah. the, <laughs> at the beginning of Twitter. So then when I went back, I had to go back into scouting. So I took a job with the Eagles. Well, I had to, I had to delete the account. So it was like, it was like saying goodbye to 50,000 people that I had tried to recruit for so long and just like and just snap a finger, they were gone. Uh, it, was, it was like, I'm glad to have a job at all. Well, that was kind of depressing. Actually, the, so the Minnesota Twins, uh, they, they hired a guy, I think it was last season or the year before, named Josh Kulk. And I don't know if, if especially if football fans who are listening or watching this right now or probably aren't familiar with Josh Kulk, but, uh, but there's a book written about the Tampa Bay Rays from like 12 years ago called The Extra 2% and how they hired all these 
internet analytics people, like pitch FX people. And they mm-hmm. basically, so Josh, Josh Kalk ran a, a pitch FX blog on the internet. And I think had a social media account. He probably had a Twitter account too. And the Ray said, we want to hire you delete everything you've ever created on the internet and don't even tell your family what you're doing for us. <laughs> and now that now the twins have it, but you, and, and, and change yeah, your name to John Doe or something. <laughs> so this is, this is funny because I have not thought about this in years, but so then uh, I, I had my handle, right. Which was move the stick. And then I go back into the league. Well, I knew, you know, it was kind of like, okay, I know I'm just waiting for the right media opportunity. Then I'll, I'll go back into that world. Cause it's better for my family. But, when you give up a Twitter handle, then like you can't you can't sign up for that again for a period of time. <laughs> so I would so I would uh, I told my brother in law I was like, hey, I'm not. I mean, every now and then, just periodically, just see if you can apply for the Move the Sticks Twitter handle because whenever it becomes available, I at least want to reserve it so I'll have it. I won't tweet or anything, but I'll just kind of reserve it. And then uh, so my brother in law is like six months later. He 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 calls me and he goes, dude, you're not going to believe it. I go, what? He goes. Move the sticks has been taken. And uh, I go, you're kidding me. He goes, no, it's gone. And so I go, are you sure? Double check. Well, I had already reserved it like a couple of days before I, I got on there and saw it. So my brother-in-law's name was Josh. And so I wrote, I just tweeted from Move the Sticks, which had no followers at the time because it had been dormant. I just said, Josh, you're a moron. And uh, so then, so then I said, just check it one more time. And he goes, oh, he goes, oh you're such a jerk. Here, I'm trying to do you a favor. That's pretty good. That's amazing. Hey, so so uh, on that uh, topic, how many teams or do, do teams, if you're on the inside, monitor Twitter and things like that, because they obviously all say that they don't care, don't pay attention, blah, oh, blah, blah. Right, exactly. But but how much of a lie is that, and how closely do they actually pay attention to what their own players, I don't know, fans, media are saying about their team or the league? Yeah, I would say for sure they know what, what everything their players are doing on there. Uh, they follow, uh, I would say, a good chunk of the media. And whether they do it with their – you know, some some have you know blue check mark accounts, um, so you can see who they follow. But uh, most of them don't even have uh, you know they're kind of indiscriminate on there. They have their own account. Uh, they're not tweeting, but they're following you know national national media, local media. They they definitely are aware of that. I, in terms of the actual you know fan sentiment, um, you know that would be a little bit tougher to come by. I think sometimes that can hurt your ego a little bit. So usually you try and avoid that at all costs. Yeah. So, uh, Daniel, the the main reason why we wanted to bring you on is because you said recently uh, that, that you feel like Delvin Cook, Vikings running back, has a chance to be in the MVP conversation. And good timing, huh? Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. Just when, just when you think there's nothing to talk about in sports here, as yeah. as as one of our colleagues, Patrick Gracie, says, the sports gods always deliver, and so. Uh, only a small handful of non-quarterbacks since 2000 have won the MVP award. We saw it with Adrian Peterson here in 2012. So, so what is your stance on Dalvin Cook, assuming that he does play and can stay healthy? Uh, and what does it take generally in your mind for a non-quarterback to win the MVP award? Well, you got to do something pretty special. I mean, I think you're, you're talking about probably having to get 2,000 yards. Um but I just think when you look at Dalvin Cook, you look at you know some of the improvements on the offensive line, um, and you look at Gary Kubiak and that system. I mean, it is a perfect marriage. If you can keep him healthy, and obviously if you avoid a holdout and everything that's come up since I, I said that. 
but I think he's, you know, poised to have a, a huge year where you could approach 2,000 yards and also, you know, go out there and catch some balls and do some things in that regard as well. But it's, it is, it is darn near impossible to win it as a non-quarterback. So you'd have to, you got to put some silly numbers up there. And that's, to me, I think you have to get to that 2,000 yard number, which is an enormous number. Uh, but I honestly think that he's, he's capable uh, with his skill set in this scheme and if they can be a little bit better up front. So with, with the news that came out this week, which was basically um, if Dalvin Cook and his camp doesn't have a new contract by the time training camp opens, he is threatening to hold out. What do you think with his skill set is a fair contract for a guy like Dalvin Cook in 2020, Daniel? Well, I I, I hate to say it because I'm just talking about how much I love him and how great he is, but they have you have no leverage in the new CBA. There's just none, and and we saw it at the running back position last year. I do the Charger games. I saw it with Melvin Gordon and and how that played out. So you don't really have any leverage if you you hold out. You end up uh, potentially foregoing an accrued season. So if you're going to do a deal early with a player, especially as a running back, you're going to get obviously you're going to get a nice jump up from where you were, but you're not going to get what you would consider fair market value because they don't have to. Right. Because they, they, they know you have to show up. Now you can give them a nice raise. If you want to do a deal early, we'll give you a nice raise and we can, you know, put you in that 10 million, you know, that nine, 10 million range and you make a lot more money right now. But, you know, in terms of getting up there, I think Le'Veon Bell's like a $15 million cap hit right now. Like there's nobody, I don't see any chance you, you would get anywhere near there. Explain to me your theory or give me your thoughts, Daniel Jeremiah, on how the um, players in this league continue to enter into CBAs that are just god-awful as far as I'm concerned. Well, you know, look, it's, you know, you kind of look at the big revenue pie picture, and I think they got, you know, I'm excited about some of the expanded roster things they're able to negotiate in this. But, you know, when it, you know, when you get down to the, to the ability to hold out, I mean, that was kind of a valuable weapon that you'd have on the player side and that's, that's been removed. So, um, you know, obviously they have a lot of other issues that they need to lobby for. I'm not in, you know, I'm not as well versed in those negotiations. I just know when you talk about the running backs specifically, when you have the track record of that position, and we just looked it up the other day of the, uh, you know, of the top 10 rushers in the league last year, you know, how many of them were on rookie contracts? Nine. Wow. <laughs> Whoa. You know how there were no two way. running backs. There were two running backs. Two of the top ten highest paid running backs in the NFL made the postseason last year. Two of them. And you know what yeah. the great the great part about that is? It was it was two guys in uh, Jerick McKinnon and Lamar Miller who both missed the entire season. <laughs> so none, right? Wow. Amazing. So the the second contract on the running back position has just not been a wise move for teams. And when you have no leverage at the position. Uh, it just, I don't know how this goes any other way. I just don't see, you know, you're just going to have to show up and play or you're going to take a team-friendly deal. Those are your two options. And that's, that's the hardest part. I think we're, we're trying to figure out here on behalf of the Vikings is, so Alex Madison is, is their backup running back. And, yeah. and Alex Madison, he's, he's a good player. Like, you know, any, yeah. anything you look at. Like 4.6 a carry or whatever. Yep. Yeah. Four and a half a carry. If you want to go off of, you know, let's say pro football focus or whatever, whatever casual fan scouting service, you know, he's, he's an average running back by a lot of metrics. And so, you know, if you're the Vikings and you're trying to figure out, okay, well, if Dalvin Cook's going to cost, let's say nine, 10, maybe 13 million, depending on how negotiations go. Or you could have a guy who's more league average and and maybe not have a huge drop off, but you only pay him a couple million dollars. 
That's that's such a tough balance because getting rid of Dalvin Cook doesn't make your football team better, but paying Dalvin Cook twelve million dollars might make it harder for you to field a competitive football team. It's opportunity cost, right? It's going to cost you some players at other positions that have just flat out proven to be more valuable, you know, at their at that other position. So I, you know, I'm I'm in a, in the spot with the running backs where I know there's some people that, that analytically driven will say you never take a running back in the first round. Um, you never pay a running back. I, I'm, I split the difference because I do believe in if you have if you're on the clock and there's not a position a play a great player at a position you know a premier position which I would you know talk about quarterback edge rusher corner offensive tackle right if if there aren't great players there and the running back is clearly the best player in the first round you take him you take him and you run him till the wheels fall off as sad as that is and then you move on you don't re-sign him so. I'm okay with taking running backs in the first or second round, but I just there's no data to support trying to pay that guy huge money on a second contract. It just hasn't worked out well for anybody. Hey, what are your thoughts on Gary Kubiak as as an offensive schemer, as an offensive coordinator, a play caller, and and his impact on Dalvin Cook and Kirk Cousins? I think he's a he's phenomenal. Uh, he's outstanding, and I know you know when he was in Baltimore, I got a lot of buddies there. Um, and they just raved about the job that he did when he was there. Obviously, his track record everywhere he's gone, you know, they've been pretty prolific uh, offensively. So I think his demeanor is a great match with Kirk. You know, I think he's kind of got some quiet intensity to him, um, but I think, you know, Kirk can be a little bit amped up, and I think Gary Kubiak can kind of be able to calm him down a little bit. Um, I think it's a great marriage. I think he's an outstanding play caller, so I, I'm excited. It's It's hard. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kevin Stefanski. I think he's going to do a good job with with Cleveland, but I think you can make a case. I mean, this is the this is he was running somebody else's offense. I mean, this Gary Kubiak is knows this thing inside now, so this is going to be it might it has a chance to be an upgrade there, uh, which is hard to do when you lose a coordinator to a head coaching job. Do you think that Kirk has an, another step because Kirk is definitely an effective, um, statistically uh, good. QB. So this is not to say he's not good, but do you think as you watch him now that there is a step for him to take or is the Kirk Cousins that we've essentially seen in the two years here with the Vikings? Is that him? I think he's developed. I think he's in it. Well, he's got to be 30, 31 years old. Um, You know, I think kind of, and he's, he's established himself as a really good quarterback. And I think that's kind of, that's who he is and that that's what he is. So, you know, I, I don't think there. You know, I would expect a, a really another level for him to get to. I think he's somebody that's a really good quarterback. But if you want to win a championship, you got to continue to surround him with great players. And uh, you know, I just think that's where he is, which is not a bad place to be. Um, I, I just don't know where there is for him to go from here. When you look at him, you know what he's done statistically. Um, I think that's that's who he is, which is a really good quarterback. Hey, last thing for you here, uh, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network analyst. How good are the Vikings? What what is the, what is their upside in 2020 if if a bunch of things go right for them? Well, I, I'm anxious to see you know just pass rush if they can generate more pass rush, find more compliments to Neil Hunter. Um, if they can do that, then I think they have the chance to to be a Super Bowl caliber team. I really do um, because I I just believe in the coaching staff they have. I think they've got a quarterback who's got the right pieces around him. Um, I'm huge. I, I think Justin Jefferson's got a chance to have a, a big year. I actually, when they made the pick, it, you know, I thought they upgraded. And I, you know, Stephon Diggs has been a great player in this league. I think Justin Jefferson's got a chance to be a better player. So, 
I think I think the sky's the limit there, but the, the only thing I worry about is just I want to see who's going to be able to compliment Daniel Hunter as a rusher. Yeah. Hey, great stuff, man. We appreciate uh, the insight, and we appreciate all your analyst work on NFL Network, and also people can uh, subscribe to the Move the Sticks podcast with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks, too, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. I, I appreciate you guys. You guys have a great day. Be safe. All right, you too. That's Daniel Jeremiah. And Whoa. And how about those last Look, little some, comments there? Huh? I didn't know we had some purple Kool-Aid on the NFL Network. Dude, wow, that's great. Well, and I'm he, fine with the purple Kool-Aid, by And the way. he has no reason to be just like mainlining purple Kool-Aid. This is just objectively he thinks the Vikings can be a Super Bowl contender. And did I hear that right? That Justin Jefferson can be better than Stefan Diggs. That's what he said he thinks. Wow. Potentially. And Pro- Stefan Diggs is arguably one of the seven or eight best wide receivers in the entire league. And it wasn't just him saying, hey, if things fall their way, it was get pass rush. And if Justin Jefferson steps up, I mean, the guy was, wasn't just spitballing there. Those mm-hmm. were some legitimate takes. So he probably thinks that Jefferson can be that guy in reality, what, 20, 2021, maybe 22? Like, he's not going to step in and be that guy. But if, if he ultimately becomes better than Diggs, or will he? Let's, or will he? Let's talk, about, let's talk about what he said about Dalvin Cook, gentlemen. Because he made, so he made an MVP case, which is, as we discussed, incredibly rare. Running backs, mm-hmm. well, heck, outside of quarterbacks, people do not win that award now. And he made an MVP case for Cook and then said, but he's completely stuck. <laughs> Which is, and he came in at the exact contract that we talked about on Purple Daily yes. on Wednesday. Well, Nine or ten million, take it and be very happy if you are Dalvin Cook. Fascinating sort of yin and yang here in that, yeah, Dalvin Cook is projected to be one of the best non-quarterbacks in the NFL, right? I mean, he's he's on a list of yeah. three or four running backs, and there's probably three or four wide receivers you would put on the list of, like, who are going to be the most productive offensive players that aren't quarterbacks. And yet, because of position and age and salary cap, it just doesn't make sense to pay those guys a lot of money. And, 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 and he used the phrase opportunity cost. If you're weighing Dalvin Cook at X amount of dollars versus Alex Madison at X amount of dollars right. or another guy that you could draft and put him on a rookie con. Remember, the Vikings found Dalvin Cook in the second round. Like the, the, that's, the, the goal was find a really good running back, a value play, you know, second round, third round, whatever it may be, mm-hmm. and have that guy making $1 million instead of 10 or 15 or the $14 million that Adrian Peterson made before they say goodbye to him. And the opportunity cost is if you pay Dalvin Cook, let's say $9 million more than you would pay another drafted running back or an Alex Madison, right. what could you have gotten with well, the extra 9 or $10 million? And is the gap between those two running backs wide enough? We should do a show at some point where we just go through every position and rank how you would pay it. So strip away the players. Forget the players. Quarterback obviously is one, two, and three. I get that. But after that, if we went through and did a ranking of positions and who you would pay maximum dollars to, yeah. Dalvin Cook plays a position that, unfortunately for him, has to be near last. It has to be. Defensive yeah. ends, incredibly yeah. valuable. Safety's probably Int- are low on that list, too, and the yes. Vikings are paying But interior, interior D-line, O-line now, becoming valuable. Yep. If, if you think about how this game is evolving and changing— and positions, you know, guards, because it used to be, ah, it's a guard. Who, who cares, right? That's not true now. Mm-hmm. Same thing with uh, nose tackle. Three techniques. Yeah. A little football for you there. Wow, look at you. More <laughs> valuable than ever. Just going for it all right Football. Now. I'm just, 
It's just interesting that that a guy that knows the game as well as Daniel Jeremiah knows the sport would come on the show, basically say Dalvin Cook is incredibly valuable, and then turn around and probably accurately say, but he's completely stuck contractually. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting two or three months here for the Vikings and Dalvin Cook. We appreciate Daniel Jeremiah joining us here on Purple Daily, and we appreciate all of you for hanging out with us as well. We'll see you next time. You think you like football? Trent Dilfer doesn't just really like football. He loves football. Carlos High, little penetration. Boom, and then the spin move. We've seen power. We've seen acceleration by Carlos Hyde. Welcome, NFL, to Carlos Hyde. The bell cow back for the San Francisco 49ers. Football!